Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. Let's go, let's go. Okay, so if you're convinced by now that simplicity is biblical and a quality to be cultivated, I'm going to give you some suggested simplifiers. G.K. Chesterton said there are two ways to get enough. One is to continue to accumulate more and more, and the other is to desire less. Back to Richard Foster, he said, Simplicity is the only thing that can sufficiently reorient our lives so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed without destroying us. And, And speaking of Foster, I've lifted all or most of all of the these suggested simplifiers from his book, uh, The Celebration of Discipline and the Chapter on Simplicity, which I highly recommend. I read it back in the 80s, and, and it really uh, had a major impact on the way that I, I look at resources. I'm kind of an old hippie anyway, and my upper middle class upbringing tended to kind of turn to disdain in, in, in my mind. So... Uh, I always had kind of a simple uh, approach and a frugal approach, but Foster's uh, advice in this chapter in Celebration of Discipline really affected me, and I I commend it to you. So the first suggested simplifier is give something important away. And and he even recommends uh, a, a tiny experiment with a voluntary poverty so in other words, you know, find one possession that you value and consider, you know, am I growing too attached to this object? Is it becoming a treasure to me? You know, having examined our hearts before the Lord, Foster says, maybe we should give it away. That which you can't give away, you don't possess. It possesses you, he says. Another suggestion by Foster is, If you make, that is, uh, on your job, make more than you need, ask God to show you what to do with the surplus. You know, and I would suggest with that, you know, maybe God will show you to work less and serve the kingdom more. Not that you're not serving the kingdom on your job, but I'm just saying maybe there are some specific things that God has called you to do that you've always wanted to do, but, you know, your job. Well, if you are making more than you need, then instead of raising your standard of living, you can either raise your standard of giving or raise your standard of of serving. Maybe if you're making more than you need, you could set up a, a, a separate account for money that you'll use for kingdom purpose. I mean, it, it's not automatic that you should, you know, just live higher. I, in fact, I know of two families who do raise their standard of giving. One is a traveling Bible teacher, and instead of raising his standard of living, as he gets more, he just gives more away. You know, he just, that's the way he rolls. And the other is a couple that I know who years ago took the Shakertown Pledge, and I, I give the link to that in my blog, but have lived at or below the poverty level for their entire adult lives and raised children in that way. In fact, uh, the, uh, the brother's name is Evan, and he said, life is, life is slow. Our life is the celebration of the ordinary. They don't even own a microwave. They've been collecting rocks 
uh, to build the addition onto their house for a decade. Uh, and they just run a car into the ground and, and a lot of their stuff is held together with bailing wire and duct tape, but they're just as, as happy a couple as I've ever known. Not, not everybody's called to do this, uh, but, and, and they don't do it just, uh, because they don't want to work. They work very, very hard, but they give most of their, their, uh, their resources away. I, again, though, not everybody's called to do that, but since uh, all our other examples are on the other end of the spectrum. I thought it wouldn't be out of order to share some of these uh, these kinds of examples. Another suggestion that Foster gives is buy things for their usefulness rather than their status, uh, for their utility, not their prestige. You know, cars and homes and and phones. We we get these things a lot of times to impress other people. And our clothes. In fact, somebody said, stop trying to impress people with your clothes and impress them with your life. Kierkegaard says, we, we buy things to impress people we don't like. How true is that? Foster then says, uh, another suggestion is don't buy something new before you need it. Use things until they're worn out. Now, I'm no prodigy of simplicity, but of all the suggestions, this I tend to do <laughs> And uh, I just now, it's 2015, I just now gave my 2005 Palm Pilot a funeral. I mean, I'm the only one on my block who doesn't have a smartphone. And just not only just because I don't want to spend the money uh, on the data plan and all the rest of that, my, my old phone won't die. And Foster's suggestion is use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. So, I mean, how much stuff have you sold at a garage sale with the tags still on it? And do you have a treadmill in your garage just to hang clothes on? Something you bought that you never used? Foster says another suggestion is reject anything that is producing an addiction in you. I mean, what do you say, I gotta have it? Paul said, "If we had, we I read it a minute ago. If if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I mean, buy stuff on sale, uh, but don't buy stuff just because it's on sale, right?" Somebody said to acquire an unneeded item at a ridiculously low price is no bargain. And then Foster suggests refuse to be manipulated by the media into believing that they know better than you do about what you actually need. And somebody called it the United States of advertising. And so true. A friend of mine, Tim Otto, uh, wrote in his book, uh, Oriented to Faith, he said, one of the most devious and dangerous aspects of a consumer economy is that it teaches us to see ourselves as bundles of unmet needs, needs that must be satisfied by consuming products, services, and people. We go through life thinking that what we really need is a newer handheld gadget, an updated kitchen, or a faster car. To say nothing of thinking we need new and improved people, a a different spouse, different children, different friends, end quote. And then another suggestion is develop a habit of giving things away. De-accumulate. 
I mean, lots of stuff tends to complicate our lives. I mean, the more stuff you got, you got to dust it. You got to oil it. You got to paint it. You got to replace it. Simplify. I read about a car that was worth over a million dollars and it went 230 miles an hour. But when it was being delivered to a car show by a test driver, he hit a lamppost. And the uh, the repairs, though just on the bumper, cost $16,000. Well, so the more you have, the more it'll cost you when it breaks. And if it breaks your heart, it shows what was in your heart. Another suggestion is don't be duped by the salesmen of modern gadgetry. This I've sort of already covered this, but time-saving devices almost never <laughs> save time. A lot of these gadgets are built to break down and wear out and complicate our lives rather than enhance them, and let alone how they take the time and the money that we would have for the advancement of the kingdom, yeah? So we could probably forego the newest iPhone and give the money to a ministry to the poor. I have a friend who's brought his children to Africa to develop relationship with and serve the poor in uh, Kenya. And when his kids complain about not having the latest Xbox or whatever, he, he tells them to write to the kids they met in Africa to ask them to pray for them. That usually ends their, their complaining. Another suggestion is learn to enjoy things without having to own them. I mean, share stuff with other people like a, like a lawnmower or a car or a bicycle or a vacuum cleaner or whatever. You don't necessarily have to have your own of all of these things. I mean, and, and you don't have to enjoy, you don't have to own something to enjoy it. Like enjoy the beach without feeling you have to buy a piece of it. Another suggestion here from Foster, though, is develop a deeper appreciation for the creation. I mean, it's usually free of charge, like I just said about the beach. I mean, walk a lot, ride a bike. It doesn't have to be a $5,000 bike. I mean, I live in one of the most expensive cities in the world, San Francisco, and I, I get online all the time and check out this online uh, site called Johnny Fun Cheap. And it tells me when there are free museum days and outdoor concerts. And uh, I know about most of the parks in the city and I, and I enjoy them immensely. Another suggestion is avoid buying more than you can afford on credit. Be patient. You don't, you don't have to have it now. And the last suggestion is try a, a week-long fast of all unnecessary shopping or buying and spending. Don't buy anything except, you know, what sustains your life, like food and supplies. But in fact, I know somebody who does this once a week. It cuts down on walking through the mall just to see what you think you need or going to Costco and strolling the aisles. Fast that. But it's an aspect of sanctification that we don't often discuss, right? This, this, this sense of the need to possess things. Oh, I just want to add one more suggestion, and that's hang out with people that are committed to a simple lifestyle. I mean, we tend to try to keep up with people that we're around all the time, right? So if all your friends and all your coworkers are wealthy or live like they are, it's going to seem normal to spend $100 on dinner once a week or $250 on a sweater 
or to need a house upgrade because all your friends live in 5,000 square foot houses with pools in the backyard. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I'm just saying if you feel convicted to live a different way, you're going to have to get some new friends to add to those friends. I'm not saying dump all your wealthy friends. I'm just saying get some new ones that are committed to a, a different way of living. And parenthetically, I, I might say that this could motivate you to make friends with the poor, which is a good idea whether or not you're trying to, to simplify your life. Okay, I don't know if this actually helps. I think it's important for us to be reminded of a, a biblical priority, and you'll have to go to the Holy Spirit in your own life and with Him decide how to how to proceed in relationship to stuff. And God bless you as you do. Let's go, let's go.